Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we're actually looking at lowering the brow on everything and talking about comedy, working into your games, and some tips and tricks to make uh, make a few laughs at the table. Before we get into this show, let's do the roll call here. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. And Ed. And Ed. I get no respect. No respect. Yes, that's intentional. All right, so today we are talking comedy. Uh, we're talking about how to add a little bit of lightheartedness, a little bit of joking into your games uh, to kind of lighten up the mood a bit. There's a couple of different ways that we can go about this. You can use it as as periodic inserts into your game to have moments of levity to help brighten up the mood a bit or maybe provide a nice juxtaposition to the darker or you can try to do a comedy based campaign Mm -hmm. Um, both of them work at the table and they both take a little bit of work and a little bit of letting go of the leash and letting things run as they are to make it happen so we're gonna start with what really kind of tops the list because we kind of all agreed it was the, the most important point, and that was to, when it comes to comedy, keep it light and be nice-ish, as we have it here on the notes. Right, yeah. Um, you want to you want to keep it kind of light so that everyone ha- feels like they can joke around, uh, but at the same time, the whole be nice-ish thing, you know, everyone's going to have their own jokes and what they think is funny, but the main thing you don't want to do is start making fun of the different players, I have been in groups where there's been like one player who's been individual, you know, you know, sort of been harped on by the other players who are all having a good time making fun of that person. That's not really what we're talking about here. You you shouldn't be doing that. You know, if you're inviting someone to play a game with you, you should be treating them with some modicum of respect uh, and let let them be part of the game. So if you're going to be making fun of things, it should be in character on the specific character to a player who can, you know, who's okay with it. Ed's notes for the week. Respect your players. Trust them. Speak to them. I'm sure you worked hard on coming up with those. Yeah, we well, we never touch on that at all. Ever. So never once. Ever. So surprisingly. Um, so yeah, it's very important to differentiate between um, making fun of a character and making fun of a player. Yeah. Bad things happen to characters, not to players. Yeah. You know, that's not to say that, you know, you can't rib on someone, you know, uh, if something happens during the during the game, you know, out of character, you want to rib on someone. That's one thing. But uh, you never want to pile uh, basically pile this shit onto people because that's just, you know, that can that can end up being hurtful. Yeah. And, and that's really not what we're talking about. When we're saying bringing comedy to the to the session. Right. And you can also you can have your your meta jokes. Yeah. Um, if your group's good on that, which is where like a character makes reference to a player or makes reference to something in the real world or outside the game. Those can be if properly timed and not abused can be actually pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, See, so we also had the discussion in the pre-show. We were talking about whether or not to speak to your players about running comedy. Yeah. Um, in my personal opinion, I think 
I would probably not tell my players that the intent of the game is to just be freaking hilarious or you know, a comedy based game or whatever, whatever, however you want to describe it or whatever your thoughts are. Right. I feel like it offers a chance to be much more spontaneous if they're not trying. Uh, we were talking about this in the pre-show. You know, if you tell it, say everyone, Hey, I need you to be funny the whole time. Then they're going to either a not be funny at all because yeah. they're going to be trying too hard or B they're going to burn themselves out a quarter or halfway through the session. Cause they're just putting everything they've got and overthinking everything and just overall exhausting their, you know, their, their brains trying to be funny at every given moment. And really also, if it's a true comedy, you know, you don't need to be funny every single time you open your mouth, you know, you need to have those ups and downs, just like, you know, with any kind of genre or any kind of uh, story, you know, just like you use comedy to, um, to, to break, you know, and have some levity in like a horror game, you need to have some some normal like uh, some some break from the comedy to, you know, to just kind of create some levity from the comedy. Well, right. I think I think that also comes down to like if you have a horror, if you have a horror game or actually f- for a better example, let's go with a horror movie. Let's say you have a horror movie that starts off with, you know, the scary, frightening and tries to keep that same intensity, that same horror up the whole time. Then that fright becomes normalcy. Mm -hmm. And then you have to it becomes your new baseline. You have to go even that further to get people actually, you know, scared again. You know, the same concept is for comedy. If you try to make everything light and humorous and hilarious, then you'll have to go that much farther to get a good joke that really stands out and really has a good moment. Mm -hmm. And that's why we say keep it light. Really, you just want sort of a light environment at the table so that hopefully the jokes will come naturally. Right. Uh, And I do agree with what you're saying. If you don't specifically come out and tell your players, you know, you tell them, hey, we're just going to do kind of a lighthearted game just for fun. We just want to have some fun. That's the idea, you know, and then as things go, people are, you know, doing some funny stuff that could work better now. You know, maybe the other other deal is get a group of comedians, but that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, actually plenty of stuff on YouTube where they're playing with guys that do comedy for a living. There is a game where Chris Perkins is playing with the writers of uh, Robot Chicken, and that goes on for like 10 plus sessions. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. these guys do comedy for a living. The game wasn't that funny, <laughs> you know, but that one's in their intent. It was supposed to be just a real D&D game. Yeah, they're uh, just doing D&D. Well, you also, you have, and as bad as it sounds, you have that cop out. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I want to run a nice lighthearted game. Okay. It's not that funny, but at least it was light. It was a right? nice yeah. lighthearted game. It was just, just kind of relaxing a little different yeah. from an epic save the world. We're just having a little bit of fun. There might've been an occasional joke here or there that we might remember, but most of it probably pretty forgettable. Yeah, exactly. But then again, you know, it's just. But you didn't. You didn't set the standards where it's like this has to be hilarious, or right. the whole game is a fail. Yeah, I was gonna right. say like you're, you you took the pressure off, which right. again I think is an important factor for trying to create an environment that's gonna nurture, fun, you know, com- you know, comedic and funny moments is to to be no pressure, right? right. You know, because I'm much better in a low pressure situation where I can just speak freely and that's the big thing yeah. too is let's make sure that everyone understands that they can speak freely like try to keep you know depending on what you want you know you could just be like let's just laugh as much as possible you could say just speak freely or you could say whatever you want comes out of your mouth can come out of your mouth but let's try to keep it in game let's try to keep it in character or whatever you know you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways you can approach this just like you could go for more of if you want comedy you could go for more of like a slapstick approach mm-hmm Where not only are you trying to have funny moments created by players, 
but you also have some ridiculous crap going on in game from the DM. And that's, you know, kind of the big difference on how I'm looking at comedy in my head for a game is either do I want lots of humor or do I want the whole thing to be humorous? Right. You know, do I want to have like a Looney Tunes style kind of game going on where I have like some ridiculous characters with doing some ridiculous things? You realize, of course, this means war. Exactly. So, you know, do I want to have like the were duck, <laughs> you know, or the, you know, the were bunny like running around through town and painting, you know, all the gold coins like Easter eggs and stealing all the gems and, you know, just doing some weird stuff. Or, you know, so, like, you're automatically creating, like, this weird Looney Tunes slapstick crazy environment. And then there's going to be interesting moments with some some comedy and some levity. Or do we want to attempt a, quote-unquote, more straight-ahead kind of game? Right. But let there be lots of funny moments in that game. Yeah, as the GM, you sort of have to take the ball and run with it. Uh, Obviously, you have to decide whether it's some funny moments or slapstick. But then you also have to come up with like NPCs and encounters that fit with comedy Mm -hmm. and sort of see how your players react to them. Like, you know, maybe the, the... the noble Lord who hires the group out to go find uh, their missing child in quotes, because their child's name is Persephone. And when you go through the dungeon, defeat the bandits and find the child, it's a Chihuahua. Right. Like that's just ridiculous, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And again, you come for setting up NPCs. You can go over the top with, you know, crazy weird names and crazy weird characteristics. Um, Or you can, uh, again, go for more of the straight ahead. So, you know, okay, well, we met, I met Prince Albert today and he talked with a Interesting list. name. Indeed. You know what I mean? Like, so quite I mean, a sterling figure, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and he talked with a lisp as if he had a hole in his mouth. Uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can go, I mean, some might be more subtle. Some maybe not again, like, you know, you can have or the maybe, weird, the maybe weird duck named Donald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he walked with a limp as if he had a hole somewhere else as if something tore Prince Albert and something in his upper leg region is always hurting him <laughs> so yeah I mean you can there's a lot of different ways to go about it you can you can try to set up the jokes for the the, the players to go along with you can just try to again just I think, it's I think you sort of need to. You yeah. have to set up a few. Yeah. yeah. See how they react to it. And if they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, if they're not really that into it, then just go with a regular light, sort of light-hearted style game. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it too much. But if they get into it, okay, there you go. They definitely want to do it. And the game master should definitely be using that to kind of set the expectation. Exactly. Set, set that up. And I think there's also a lot to be utilized here from um, what we've talked about previously about immersion. And creating an atmosphere, creating an environment, Mm -hmm. even though if you go back and listen to those podcasts, that was a lot setting up the horror stuff. So we were were talking a lot about how to be scary and how to create these dark moods at the same time. Serious. You can use a lot of that to create the lighter moods to help foster, you know, this comedy environment. Right. And and a lot of that's going to come from the plots and side quests and things that the players go through really are just things that you wouldn't run a typical group through. Right. You know, you're again, back to the uh, Persephone thing. You're not out there to save the princess. You're out there to save a dog that the, you know, that they call princess who, when you finally save her does nothing but bark at you and poop on you. So now you have to deal with that, you know, and then on your way back, it's just still barking. So that, you know, brings uh, some stuff down on you. Yep. 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 Shut up. Yep. 
Kobold, sh- kobold show up. Spell. Co- kobold show up thinking they're going to save it from you, or, or you from it rather. Yep. No, it from you. Yep. Yep. You know, make it, make it, make it a little ridiculous, and see how they react. I would love that. They throw a silent spell on the Chihuahua. The silent and the Chihuahua responds by counterspelling, and they're like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't, you can't silence the Chihuahua. <laughs> this is an epic level creature." <laughs> The Chihuahua makes a saving throw, and you're like, "What is that?" And you you find out later it has like uh, its uh, its uh, collar is like an anti magic collar or something. <laughs> you can't cast magic on it for some reason. It was a gift from its master that loves him so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. Or when you when you de- when you deliver that uh, that thing, it's you know it's like maybe the noble lord who's requesting that you go on this, but like he doesn't really want you to, and he's really not that into it. But like like maybe his uh, his 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 wife or mistress is the one that's really want, or maybe even kid is the one that really wants you to go get the dog. Oh God! If you find it, bring it back. <laughs> if you don't find it, just let us know. <laughs> If you find it, shaking my head, no, bring it back. But if something tragic should happen to it, enthusiastically nodding, (laughs) then let us know. You would still be eligible for a reward, even if the dog died. (laughs) Or no, because you're not supposed to say it's a dog right off. No, you're not. You'd still be eligible for a reward for giving it your best try i'm like i'm seeing this situation with like an even bigger twist like you go you find the daughter that actually is a human young girl but then when you return it to the prince or whoever they unpolymorph it back into the chihuahua that it really was and then you're like i just freaking saved a dog yeah and then you could have the girl like when she sees you just kind of looking at you with big eyes hi 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 <laughs> you know, barely says any words at all and yeah, like makes no like, sense. So this kid's special. And you're like, oh God. And, and then later you realize it's actually a dog. Yeah. <laughs> like it was polymorph to look like a human. In case of emergencies, heroes are more likely to rescue the young little girl. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I know we're way off on a tangent, but I, I also now kind of want, you know, the king because, because his princess is his little girl and he'll do anything for her, sends the adventurers to go rescue her dog, Pixie. Whatever has been kidnapped, blah blah blah, and they go and they're f- going through it, and it's like they've brought the, the the pink frill so that the pixie will know they're friendly and all that. And they get to it, and they finally get to it, and it's like a Saint Bernard or a Mastiff or something, or yeah. Cerberus, <laughs> a giant three-headed yeah. dog. You're like, oh god, it's an actual hellhound. <laughs> yeah, you can do that, D and D. Actual uh, high fire breathing hellhound dog that doesn't like me and will continue to breathe fire at me. Yeah, there's all kinds of like Saturday morning cartoons that have things like this where the adventure is just so sideways Mm -hmm. that it's going to be it's going to be fun, at least in some ways. So maybe start like picking your adventures like that and your NPCs similar to that people. Who are these people who would send heroes on these sort of weird sideways quests? And you still have your random encounters. You still have the dungeon you have to fight through. So you still have your, you know, your D&D combat, your D&D role playing and all that stuff. But a lot of it just leads to these sorts of fun things that you may not always have in your game. 
Yeah, you get to use your skills in a slightly interesting way that you normally might not get to. Like, oh, make an athletics check so you're not slipping in the dog crap. <laughs> yeah. Or or the villain has de- decided to throw the dog off the cliff because you've just killed all of his all of his dudes. Go ahead and make that athletics check to try to grab it before it uh, it falls. You know. So you have this big tense moment where you have this like. You know, this this uh, this hero diving towards the cliff to catch something, you know, like in all the movies or video games or whatever. And then you see the thing that what they're catching comes into frame and it's a tiny little chihuahua terrified and pooping. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, you're used to using your athletics check to like knock, you know, like, can I knock down this door? Can I make can I control this giant mastiff on a leash or is it going to drag me around the room? (laughs) I roll an intimidating bad dog. (laughs) (laughs) I fail. (laughs) No, good dog, good dog, good dog. (laughs) So yeah, you just create it. Yeah. I I would say your best source of material, depending on what kind of game you're going to go for is like read some web comics, watch some Saturday morning cartoons, especially from the eighties, man. Like the more, you know, watch some Looney tunes, watch some tiny tunes, watch some Muffet babies, you know, like Rugrats. Like you can turn in like like even like Rugrats, where it's a, a show all about babies. Like every episode is like an adventure of like how are we going to get out of this pen? Yeah, how they are turn we to do this. They turn the most mundane, childish things, of course, because they're yeah. babies, into adventures, which is the whole point of the show. Yeah, so you just you twist a few facts, and instead of how do we get out of this pen, is how do we get out of this prison? Okay, boom. Yeah, and um, actually, jumping in here with a uh, quote from George Carlin on this uh, comedy is all about exaggeration yeah because mm-hmm. every joke needs one thing to be way out of proportion mm-hmm. and that's what makes it fun yeah yeah that's, just go over it's the not top. exact but it's, it's close enough it's not word for word but yeah something needs to be off kilter from the rest of the universe and that makes it funny yeah in comedy and writing they typically tend towards uh, that that's usually called the straight versus absurd um, and uh, also with heightening so you can have it be mildly absurd or just insanely absurd uh, yeah, you can look those terms up, kind of study those and what they mean when it applies to comedy and all. But basically, it means that, you know, straight is sort of things that would normally happen anyway. And absurd is just that thing you would never expect. Mm-hmm. And it usually contradicts the other thing or piles onto it or whatever. You, uh, and you, it helps it helps make the, the scene funny. Yeah, it's like you expect the villain to be willing to destroy the important artifact to just despite the heroes from getting it. And the hero is going to desperately try to save it and going to do this grand heroic jump. And then, you know, the exaggeration part, the artifact turns out to be a frightened chihuahua. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Your characters have been trouncing through this swamp on this two month long quest, diving into caves, fighting evil goblins to 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 save you know a, a dog <laughs> yeah or you know to kind of take the concept of like oh the, the the villain will stop you at anything he'll kill you he'll steal the artifact blah 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 but when he finds out he's a dog he's like oh what a cute little puppy right i would right. never hurt him <laughs> yeah like you sneak into the villain's lair and he's playing with the dog and he's having a great time you're like wait a second <laughs> his name is not princess it is Death Strike. You will not take Death Strike from me. He's mine now. I love him. We've connected. <laughs> you can't. You can't take him away. It would be like ripping a puppy from his mother. You would rip a puppy from his mother. You literally you? ripped a puppy from his mother. <laughs> not the point. <laughs> uh, I'm also reminded of a uh, one of the cartoons I saw where they had 
Cerberus, the Hound of Hell. Yeah. And the three heads were like a Rottweiler, a Bulldog, and a Poodle. No good. <laughs> That's great. Um, so talking a little bit about um, about comedy stylings and putting it together, let's talk a little bit about the the effects of um, we've got a, we've got a few lists here on actually composing jokes. Uh, let's start with a little touch on the yes and and other improv rules, right? Um, because this is really important comedy because you don't know what's going to be funny, you don't know what's going to stick, and you want to be able to react on the fly. Yeah. And even though we've talked about this a bit in other shows, it's really important for us to kind of go over again if we're going to be talking about making jokes. Exactly. Yes, and is that improv rule that if someone brings something into the world, it's their idea. You don't want to say that it doesn't exist. You want to agree that it exists and sort of add a little bit more to it. Like play off of it. Make it a thing. The typical rule of yes, and is don't say the word no. But as you get more advanced in it, you can say no, but still acknowledge that their thing exists. Um I think com- like when we were coming up with the adventure of rescuing the the puppy. Yeah, that's a great example of that that we've already sort of done in this episode. Yeah, we, we, we kept each- compiling on the thing, the original idea, never saying no, it doesn't work like this. Oh, what if it worked like this? And yeah. it just kept getting adding better. and building, and mm-hmm. and that's basically yeah. the idea. And it's really important. So if you set this scenario, you know, and you're you, you as the GM, you've set up these things that we talked about earlier to get the players. To let them know, hey, this is kind. This is a light game. This is going to be kind of funny. And if and this is when they start saying, okay, I want to be part of this. Because your players might not respond to it well. But if they do, and they start wanting to add in on the jokes, then, you know, let them add a thing here or there. You know, uh, if, if they come up with an idea that's, you know, funny, okay, that idea exists now. You know, if they, you know, it's, it's one of those things for GMs, you know, you're, Fighting in a banquet hall and one of the fighters like you hadn't even consider it. But one of like the the fighters of the rogue says, hey, is there a chandelier? Yes, there's a chandelier. Of course, there's a chandelier. Of course, there's a chandelier. (laughs) Like you didn't think of it. You didn't specifically say there was or wasn't, you know, maybe in your head. You never even really saw one. But the second they asked for one. Yeah, there's a chandelier. I had a game master. You want to swing off it? (laughs) I had a game master that if it fit in, like if you ask like, oh, is there a chandelier? You'd respond that there is now. Yeah. Yeah. And give it a chance. Get it to go. So it's kind of that same idea. If they start, you know, sort of adding in on the jokes and, and, and trying to be funny along with it and they have a really good idea, you know, the idea of yes and is, OK, have that idea come in. Even if it doesn't come in quite the way they want to think of a compromise, you know, if it's just not going to work, like all of a sudden, like it's a ch- chihuahua that turns into Cerberus. OK, maybe, you know, throw 30 other orcs at him and have Cerberus eat through the orcs, you know, and then you have to control it. Or, uh, you know, if you're not ready for that, just be like, well, yeah, okay, the Chihuahua gets three heads. It's three times as annoying. You know? (laughs) You can still go with it. It's Chihuahua that turns into Cerberus. Nobody said that Cerberus was more than, like, a foot tall. Right. (laughs) Maybe that's why no one wants to cross it. I just don't want to get close. It rings in my ears for literally hours afterwards. (laughs) Um and so, yes, and we also wanted to uh, talk about what happens when the joke flops. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Quickly um, move on. Yeah, move on. Understand they can't all be gems. Yeah. Bad jokes happen. Stuff that doesn't fit. Move on. Again, right from this right from this episode, you know, oh, what if the dog turned out to be like a big mastiff or whatever? Okay, amusing, but not probably not as good as uh, punting the chihuahua across the chasm. Right. Yep. 
So yeah, you quickly move on. Don't beat the dead horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can move on from from bad jokes, and, but depending on how much you've done this, the bad joke can turn into a good joke later down the line. You can sort of make fun of the bad joke, um, or if it's if it's something, because sometimes the joke doesn't resonate the first time. But if the joke were to come back around a bunch of times, it could be funny. Uh, so if you yeah. think that it could be like a good callback or a running gag, then maybe keep that sort of in the back of your head. Well, we do have callbacks and running gags on the list. So, uh, oh, weird for a bit. <laughs> callbacks, another sort of uh, comedy deal. Uh, uh, everyone uh, may have an idea what that is, but if not, it's just really just you guys did a thing before that was funny. And then something else references that funny moment again. I have one uh, group that I ran back in the early 2000s. Every time they'd stop into a new town, the barbarian would put his gear on his horse and tie his horse up to something and then yell for the entire town to hear that if anyone steals his stuff, he's going to kill them. And the first time he did it, I thought, this is so absurd. So I just had some random villager say, fair enough. And then every town they went to, he would do the same thing. So some random villager would say, fair enough. And then about the fourth or fifth time it started doing it, like everyone at the table started laughing because they were expecting it to come, you know, yep. just because this guy was being so absurd. Like people are just going to come up and steal his stuff. But it's being consistent, at least. Right. And realistically, it was a fair enough deal. Exactly. Um, and then there's also the running gags. Yep. Which I feel that that's that's. That's actually that's kind a, of a running that gag. Is, that's more yeah, of a running yeah, gag. Yeah, that was a running gag. Yeah, also. running gag is... A running gag and callback can be a bit confusing It's kind of sometimes. the same joke happening over and over again. A callback's usually just like, this joke happened once, and then later in the show, I'm going to make a reference to that same one yeah, joke. Right. The Another ver, uh, um, uh, example of a running gag would be Jerry's little accountant spiel that's been going on recently. <laughs> his 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 not a fan of accountants. Yeah, um, that came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, it's it's showing up everywhere. It, it's yeah, it started just because I needed something, and then it got referenced on, um, yeah, and just kept going and just became the gag. Um, but let's not, I mean, let's not split hairs. Running gags and callbacks are two different things, but they're also really similar. So you can have a, a running gag, and that's usually something that's planned. Or if it's not planned, you're you're like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. A, a, a callback is something that's usually just you're referencing the thing that happened before. I'm, tr- I'm um, trying to think of like a good, like famous example from from media that we could use for a callback to explain kind of how it works. You know, well, if, if you we, ever watch a stand up, almost every comedian is going to use a callback and they almost always use it about the end of the show. Yeah. Like that's the, sh- the you know, it's usually from earlier on the show. So you've had time to kind of forget it and then they remind you. Yeah. So they start off with a really strong joke or or maybe it's a second or third joke into their act. Say it's an hour long, um, you know, act. Second or third joke in is typically going to be something really good might be a story might just be like one quick punchline usually it's going to be a story so there's a little bit more memorable they burn it into your brain a little bit and then about f- either sometime in, you know, in the last 10 minutes of the show typically like more towards the last five minutes of the show they're going to say a joke it might be another story might be long-winded might be short but it's going to come with a punchline that's then going to reference or remind you of this joke from two or three jokes in right you know it's going to be a callback so you know it could be this long-winded story that ends with like, and then there was a motorcycle. Not funny out of context, but you know, whatever. And then at the end of the show, it's like, okay, you know, and then, you know, maybe I'll go out and buy a motorcycle. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Call back to the motorcycle joke. Yeah. 
So, and then, oh, that's, it's a very, you know, common formula. It's used a lot in stand-up comedy nowadays, and it's, it's obviously very well planned out, but it's just one reference to that one really good joke. Don't try to recreate the moment. Yeah, not trying to recreate just the moment. Remind just remind that the moment happened. Exactly. Just reminding you of the other, you know, like, this was a pretty good joke, and I'm reminding you of that other pretty good joke, and together, it's a really good moment that we can yeah. close on by your moments combined. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like, a, so a good example in your game. So we've already had this little Chihuahua Cerberus thing going on. Maybe, you know, uh, seven or eight sessions down the line, your characters end up in that same town and there's a band of adventurers, you know, going out. So we've got to find a princess named Persephone, you know, you know, and your character's like, Oh no, you know, cause you know what the deal's all about. The Chihuahua got out again, you know, but some other little low level group of ranger or, or some other low level group of characters is off to do it. And you just hear them talking in the background about what they have to go do. So that's kind of a callback. Your characters went through it. And then, and then it was fighter, what it was. Your fighter goes over to the table, takes out the ring of feather fall, hands it to the leader of the group and says, here, you're going to need this. Right. Referencing the diving into the chasm. and <laughs> Right. Yeah. So now in, uh, before we kind of wrap it up, finish up for the day, uh, there's one last point that we wanted to make sure that we touched on for doing comedy in the games, uh, even though we've already mentioned it a little bit. And this is not a callback, uh, but it's don't try too hard. Yeah, um, you don't want to force it. You don't want to push to make every moment comedic, um, but you also just have to accept that you just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, just uh, I just use the trick of diarrhea of the mouth. Eventually, every now and then, there'll be a kernel of something useful. <laughs> every and, now and then, there'll be a piece of corn in there. And this is why we keep breath mints at the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. you know, you've probably seen it. If you watched comedy or you watched comedic shows, you've probably seen, like, the one show or episode or joke or whatever that's just, like, okay. Like, none of it's funny, and you're watching it, and you're like, man, this is all really forced. Um, that's what it can be. You know, uh, when you go through comedy, if you take any like improv or acting classes based on comedy, they'll tell you, just don't force it. Um, there's, you know? a, there's a lot of videos on YouTube now that are out there for, uh, sitcoms with the laugh track removed. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you watch some of those, you'll kind of see that if there's not the laughter in there, then it can seem really kind of desperate. Even on these like top rated shows that are actually really funny, but you take out those laugh prompts and all of a sudden it seems like they're just trying too hard and you'll see what what happens when you try too hard. Exactly. Yeah, which is funny because uh, earlier in the show, I was actually going to mention something and then I kind of lost my frame of mind. Um, I lost my mind. But uh, on the topic of like you mentioned immersion, uh, like in the, some of the tricks that we use uh, for like horror games and stuff. One thing I was going to mention is that you could use sound effects. Like if you have some sound effects prompt, again, depending on what you're going for, but especially if you're going for more like the slapstick kind of stuff, you could have some of like those Looney Tunes style sound effects, like the bonks and the boings or whatever, you know, like, you know, like some explosion sounds or whatever, you know, but just have those kind of queued up and ready to go. So in the moment you can just be like, you know, boink bong ping or a laugh track ha 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 you know just kind of that would because that's all again at, you know setting you know the immersion and setting the atmosphere and the mood which is kind of what the laugh track does it's setting the atmosphere right. dude i love that idea but i love that idea even more in game you have a king who has like a small army of bards and like so every time the king says something and he's trying to be funny but he's not but there's a laugh track and the, the characters are like who the hell is laughing you know <laughs> Or like he'll tell a joke and you'll hear a boom, 
and there's no drums. Yeah. What yeah. is going on? He has a hundred. He has a hundred <laughs> bards, ninety nine to provide a laugh track and one to do rib shots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, that's just adding the mood because, and that's one of the problems with like if it feels forced. You can tell that it, you know, especially at the table in front of that person, you can tell that they're trying too hard. You know, you can see that they're 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 trying to push these jokes out, that they're straining. When if, if it's much more natural and much more casual and everything's laid back, it, you know, it just if it, it's much it's much funnier. Just because you're you're not getting these the wrong cues off this person because they're trying to be funny, but you see they're all stressed out, and that's not creating the right atmosphere. So it's not going to be right. as funny. So yeah, so if you're uh you know, if you see people like really trying to be funny, you know, maybe take a short break, let everyone loosen up, you know, tell everyone don't, you know, you don't worry about it too much. If you, nothing's coming, nothing's coming. It'll come eventually. You know, that's what she said. That's trying too hard, Jerry. And again, if it doesn't work out, then it's just a lighthearted game. (laughs) All right. So they're just, you know, it's like an escalator. They don't break. They just become stairs. Right. <laughs> Sorry for the temporary convenience. <laughs> Sorry for your convenience. All right. So that's uh, that's about where we're going to finish it off there for this week. Um, if you have any questions or comments or would like to pop in on the discussion on using comedy at the game table or have uh, any topics you'd like to hear us cover, definitely feel free to get in touch with us. You can log in at Game Master Studio, or I'm sorry, log in at patreon.com slash Game Master Studio and support us as a patron and get ex- access to exclusive uh, upcoming content as well as our blog. We are available on Twitter at GMS Studios and Facebook to like, comment, and subscribe. And message boards available at gamemasterstudio.proboards.com. We're going to wrap it up for now. But feel free to come back next week. We got more information coming through and we'll see you next time we're in the studio.